Welcome to Otani Comes to America. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. This is our final episode for Otani's rookie season. I'm about to cry, man. (laughs) So it's been three weeks since the season ended for Otani and the Angels with the end of the regular season and them not making the playoffs. And now on the final episode, we're going to be talking about the Babe Ruth comparisons he's gotten since he decided to come to the MLB and how they hold up, how true they are, how accurate they are or not. I thought we were just going to see who's the better player, Babe Ruth or Otani, but (laughs) I mean, that works too. So the main seasons that we're going to be comparing are 2018 for Otani versus 1918 for Babe Ruth, exactly a century ago. Sounds to me like it was meant to be. Almost like too good to be true. Yeah, so we decided to go with 2018 and 1918 because this is Babe Ruth's like peak as a two-way player where he did the most pitching and hitting at the same time. For each of them, this was like the main time really doing both in the same season for the first time. And they were both 23. Yeah, which is crazy. Meant to be, man. Meant to be. So, yeah, let's get started. With the history of Babe Ruth, the Great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Clown, the Colossus of Clown, the Titan of Terror has the greatest nicknames of all time. I mean, those are all, like, amazing. By the end of next year, though, like, our list of Otani nicknames is going to be pretty close. It's pretty strong already. (laughs) They are inspired by the Great Bambino's nicknames, (laughs) but I think it'll for sure be stronger. So we'll get started in 1914. This is the year that Babe Ruth was signed to a minor league deal. This was in Baltimore, but there's no stories about Babe Ruth killing it in the Orioles. That's because he quickly moved on to Boston, where his career got started. With the Red Sox that year, he only played five games, though. At this point, Fenway was like the new Yankee Stadium, bro. Brand new, state-of-the-art. And for those of you guys that don't know, Fenway Park is where the Boston Red Sox play, and that stadium's still up right now. And as much as I hate Boston and Boston sports, it is arguably, like, top three most historical places to play sports in. Within the next couple of years, he ends up getting a lot more playing time. He becomes one of the top three best pitchers in the American League, and for sure the best lefty pitcher. But every now and then... He's gone at bats, and people are becoming amazed at the dingers, bombs, moonshots that he can hit, even as a pitcher. Not until 1918, they get to experiment and try out what we now compare Otani to being a two-way player. Yeah, and since he was, at this point, only a few years in, already considered one of the best pitchers in baseball, it was somewhat of a risky move to have him you know, experiment with the situation and could have gone the other way and gone badly, but it worked out and he ended up going towards hitting more. Yeah. I mean, if you guys think about it, it is even weird today, a hundred years later to talk about a two-way player. Right. So imagine this being the first two-way player. It's like super rare. So baseball was still like a relatively newish sport at the time, not as much history or anything. Do you think in a way it was less weird because 
there hadn't been all this time and stats of players before that? It's one of those things where, like, it was happening and no one probably knew how special it was until now we're in 2018 and we haven't seen any other player do it the way he did at that time. So, yeah, a couple people had tried this and not really been successful. There had also been some players in the Negro League who were good at both, but they didn't get to play in the majors because it was before Jackie Robinson. So Babe Ruth is kind of the only reference for Otani. So while Babe Ruth kind of found his way to being a brief two-way player randomly, Otani, it was more of a set thing from the jump. He's always hit and he's always pitched. He said, it's the only baseball I know. Doing only one and not the other doesn't feel natural to me. I suppose it's an accomplishment. I'm doing what others are not. But to me, this is just normal. And he was a successful two-way player in Japan for five seasons before coming over to America. So he's proven that he can do it. And he's set on keeping that in the MLB from the start. And still, even now, with having to get Tommy John surgery and all that, He's firm and set on being a two-way player and trying to make that happen. So like you mentioned, Otani always knew, could hit, could bat, but Ruth came up as a pitcher and just stumbled upon being a great hitter. So at the time he was coming up, World War One. There happened to be a draft around 1917. When 1918 came by, the Red Sox lineup was kind of weak. And Ruth was not happy with just pitching and waiting five to six days to pitch. So he's like, hey, coach, put me in, boy. That's where they started experimenting. They threw him in the lineup, and that's where, like, history began. So let's keep looking at the 1918 versus 2018 comparisons. So we get into spring training. This is maybe when these crazy stories and myths and legends kind of start to happen around Babe Ruth and in spring training particularly he hit two home runs in his first spring training game and one of them flew into a nearby alligator farm bruh (laughs) here's the thing I'll say this now because we'll be talking a lot about myths and things that happen I'm not the biggest (laughs) believer (laughs) in any of these stats or myths I do like them just because I love the game, but just me knowing personally how hard it is to do such things, this is hard to believe. Yeah, like that (laughs) one with the alligator is rumored to have traveled 573 feet. Oh my God. Exactly. All right. (laughs) So that's why I just said what I said. I mean, the alligator farm part could be true. Like it's such a weird detail to even make up, but I definitely agree about the distance and... Who knows about some of these other stories? (laughs) Right. No, I completely agree with you. Because this is, I feel like a lot of these are like word of mouth and just like stories that are passed on until like someone wrote them. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like the game of telephone. Like one person says one thing, the next person exaggerates it. And by the end of the game, it's like this completely different story. So yeah, we have Ruth hidden bombs that no one's ever seen comparing it to Otani's spring training um it's very different Otani struggled throughout most of his at-bats in spring training 
he was pitching well, but nothing like Babe Ruth's myths and legends and dingers. He was like a dud. Like all the critics were like, "Oh, he can't hit MLB pitching. Like he's not going to do well this year." And he was getting a ton of criticism for it. Another thing also was that Babe Ruth was kind of setting his own expectations and being the first of his kind, while Otani was constantly being compared to Babe Ruth. But yeah, let's get into the regular season. Like we said, they were both 23 when they started. Babe Ruth had been playing in the majors a few years beforehand, and Otani had been playing in Japan. But it's a little bit more of a gap for Otani because he had to come over and adjust to America and the different way of baseball here. Let's do some brief stats, and then we'll talk about the context with it all after. So let's get started with hitting. Actually, some similar stats in here. Babe Ruth, 300 average. Otani, 285. 11 home runs. 22 home runs. 61 RBIs. 61 RBIs. Hey, that's crazy. 95 (laughs) hits. 93 hits. 966 OPS. 922 OPS. And that was in 317 at-bats. 326 at-bats. Hey, that's close, dude. (laughs) And we're going to get into pitching in a sec, but part of the initial context for those stats is that both of them had shortened seasons. Otani because of his injury where he missed about a month and Babe Ruth because like we mentioned it was World War One and the season that year in 1918 actually got stopped short and ended on September 1st. Both of their numbers would have been higher if they had more of a season to play and also Babe Ruth would go on to have much higher numbers in future seasons and hopefully Otani will as well. Now let's get started with their pitching. Babe Ruth had a 13 and 7 record in 20 games. Otani a 4 and 2 record in 10 games. A 2.22 ERA. 3.31 ERA. 166.1 innings pitched. 51.2 innings pitched. 40 strikeouts. 63 strikeouts. And a 1 whip 1.16 whip the angels didn't make the playoffs tough al west division but babe ruth did he ended up getting a world series ring with two wins and a 1.06 era in the postseason which is insane mariano closer numbers right there before we discuss it all Let's add in some more records from the season. Some include other seasons as well, just to paint a broader picture, but still filter into this year-by-year comparison. Babe Ruth was among only two players to homer in three straight games and have an outing of at least 10 strikeouts in the same season. This was in 1919. Ken Brett was the other player to do it in 1973. Otani did it himself right away, within the same week, in April. It's crazy how he just broke that right away. (laughs) Like, week one. Next, within his first two MLB games pitched, Otani struck out 12 batters while allowing one or fewer hits and walks. Babe Ruth never did this, and overall, it's only ever been done twice. But then, 
Babe Ruth came back with something Otani didn't do. In 1918 and 1919, Ruth was the only player to get both 200 plate appearances and pitch 100 innings in the same season, while also starting 20-plus games and getting over 300 plate appearances in the same season. Otani couldn't reach either of those, obviously, because of his injuries. And then Otani tied Ruth on some. Otani joined Ruth as the only players with 20 home runs and 10 pitching appearances in the same season. Ruth did it in 1919. And also, Otani became the first player with 10-plus home runs and multiple games won in a season since Ruth in 1921. And Otani has something that Ruth never did. He's the first player in MLB history to hit 10-plus home runs and get at least 50-plus pitching strikeouts in the same season. But yeah, that wraps it up for records. Another aspect of this that we touched on earlier is that Babe Ruth only did this for a couple seasons, really, like, hardcore, and barely even hardcore at that compared to Otani. Meanwhile, Otani is trying to, like, really push for this and make it happen for real long term. I don't know if it'd be possible for Ruth to do what he did then, now, especially with, like, all the restrictions and new medical information we have and... I mean, even, like, Otani was taking days off before and after pitching. Like, there was never that type of a system back then. Like you said, we didn't have the info we have now. Also, another thing with that is that hitters weren't as good back then. And neither were pitchers. So, when we're looking at Babe Ruth's stats from that period and that year specifically of 1918, we really have to take into consideration, like, inflation. Yeah, the game was mostly the same when it comes to its rules and the basics, but when it comes to performance and just overall athleticism, it's completely different, like a whole other monster. And so we've been talking about the 1918 season. The next year, in 1919, he only made 15 starts as a pitcher, and then after that, it was like literally only one or two games a season sporadically the rest of his career yeah like these years you mentioned of him going from a pitcher to mostly a hitter was the transition of him going from the boston red sox to the yankees which happened in 1920 from here on he was mostly an outfielder and became the great hitter that we know today He'd been throwing a good amount those years prior, so he still had 147 games pitched overall in his career, but he definitely made a huge switch, like you said, after and totally transformed his legacy. That's another thing, too. The idea of legacy, Babe Ruth is pretty much undoubtedly the most famous baseball player of all time. That'll probably never be topped. Like, Otani could be one of the best all-time, and he'll still never reach that status of Babe Ruth. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's his and his to keep. Ruth was like an OG, a pioneer in it, and that always has this kind of stake where you're cemented in that legacy. There's also the fact that at this time when he was coming up, technology was partially a thing, but it wasn't fully anywhere near what it is now. So, like, we have some documentation of him, but 
it wasn't to the point where everything was being captured. So there was this room for all these stories to happen and either be made up or not. We don't know if they're fully true, but they could spread through the newspapers, word of mouth, whatever. It was more open for that mythology of players. Yeah, there's like that whole myth factor. And even Otani was asked about it in an interview, and Otani said he's like a mythical character to me because it's such a long time ago, and he was God to baseball. I shouldn't be compared to him, at least not right now. You heard that. In Japan, this guy is God. I wonder what the stories are in Japan. So yeah, we've broken down their stats in 1918 versus 2018. Those stats are really close in a lot of ways, and... We've talked about the context of each and how that is similar in some ways, like the shortened seasons. And it's really a crazy comparison, especially, like we said, with it happening exactly a century, a hundred years later. So, yeah, this has been kind of a perfect way to finish out the season because if you look at this comparison and if you look at you know, his stats overall for the year. And within this context of the historical nature of Otani, it's exciting for the future. You know, even if he's only going to DH next season, it's still a long career ahead of him. And he provided us with so much new and exciting things this season where it shows that potential again. Like, we saw it in Japan, but... He's been able to compete on both levels in the MLB, and it's truly a one-of-a-kind player. We talk about this comparison to Babe Ruth as a two-way player, but it doesn't even like even do it justice, really. Like Babe Ruth only did it for a short time, and Otani could potentially do it forever and literally become a player we've never, ever seen before, not even including Babe Ruth. Yeah, that was beautifully said. Babe Ruth left us with a lot of what-ifs just because he didn't go an entire career doing this. Yeah, I guess it like makes us excited to see just what Otani could possibly do if he continues to do it at the high levels that he can. Yeah, and you can't help but think of like in 20 years from now, what will Otani's place in baseball history be? What will it say in the Hall of Fame about him? Like, the possibilities are endless, and this is just the very beginning of it, hopefully. Yeah, this is that once-in-a-century type of talent. So, thank you, Otani. We wish you good luck recovering this offseason from the Tommy John surgery. Hope you have a smooth comeback to next season. And for all the people who listen to the show, thank you. We really appreciate it. We'll be back in the spring for spring training. Yeah, thank you guys. So yeah, that wraps up this final episode of Otani Comes to America for this season, Otani's Rookie Year, Year One. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. And we'll see you in the spring. Shohei Otani. Otani-san. Or as I like to say it, Mr. Otani-san, I like to repeat myself, the greatest showman, the Anaheim star boy, double trouble ring slinger dinger hitter, show hate of money, the boss of all clout.
And last but not least, Mr. Hot Wheels. <laughs>